What's up, uh, John Stewart Mill? What's up, uh, Kip Barger? <laughs> Kip Barger. Oh, that's a that's a new one. Um, I when I was booting up my computer because it's 2004, uh, I was like, uh, I was like, fucking. I was thinking of like, how funny is it that we live in the very specific uh, period of time where John Stewart and John Stewart Mill are both, both things. <laughs> yeah. It, I feel like I, I've normalized that for myself. Like, it's so fucking funny that it's, it's like Jerry Lewis <laughs> versus Jerry Lee Lewis. It's the same fucking thing. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Man. That's, that's pretty crazy. And and Neil Young and Adam Neil Young, of course. Uh, of course. And, uh, you know, forget. James Bond and Gary James Bond. <laughs> and then, Gary <laughs> James, James Brown Bond. And Stanley James Brown. <laughs> Can you believe it? That that there were there were two fucking dudes in this in the same phone exchange, uh, not even the same fucking area code, the same exchange named Stanley James Brown and Gary James Bond. That's like that's psychotic. That's such that a great encapsulation of how how olympically good the names were that year. <laughs> uh, names are so cool, man. I'm I'm, I'm so happy about them. It's just so crazy that people go through life and have names. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> like, we were talking about that in our chat with Spur. It's like, what the fuck is like, how, like people just get named a thing and a really, really crazy thing and then just have to live a normal life about it. Like, that's so insane. Um, and, uh, yep. and this, and, this, and that's a perfect segue uh, into this episode, uh, which welcome. <laughs> Which, which welcome, welcome. <laughs> to, which welcome uh, to master shake theater the aqua team hunger force podcast um we, we don't we don't introduce ourselves as people anymore we've gotten out of the habit and i'm not going to start it again um but we but we but we we do have our um you know who are basically is our second host is scotty in from the band anthrax and the band uh, stormtroopers of death um always good always and, good to be here always good <laughs> today we're always talking- good uh, today we're talking about season three, episode ten, "Dusty Gazongas," um, which is a uh, an episode with a lot of good names in it. Uh, we're we're ra- we're starting to round out two thousand four here. We're in the we're in the, in the last fiscal quarter of of four now. Um, uh, this uh, aired October third of, of the year of our Lord two thousand four, and in this episode, a stripper at the Wild Wild Chest beat uh, creates uh, a lot of tension between shake and carl as they both compete for her undying love um quite literally the the most actually descriptive wiki (laughs) that has existed about any episode of this show so yes for us um what did what did we think about this one let's just jump right in i i thought it started strong and then i was like i don't give a fuck about this episode yeah (laughs) like general vibes it it seemed crazy right because it seemed like they i i was in the exact same boat it seemed like maybe seven or eight minutes in they had already um done it like yeah they they, they had already done what they uh set out to do and like that to me um is such a testament to how efficient and economical uh, and accelerationist the writers are on this show because they're it's like 
how can you it, it makes me feel crazy sometimes and and especially in this episode because like you're five six seven minutes in to an 11 minute episode and you already feel like you've been watching like a feature-length movie for the first half there's just so much that happens like yeah. um, i i went and saw creed um three this week because oh, the, I, forced, the, the I forced my yeah yeah the band like the third iteration of the band right uh, well, it's just just when they uh they when Creed and 311 played together uh, <laughs> Creed, Creed yes uh yeah dude yeah. Creed 3 man it's uh Creed 2 was when uh you know uh uh fucking <laughs> Creed did a shit themed tour with a uh, Triumph the Insult comic dog and then Creed 3 was when they were with uh and the tour that they're currently on with 311 I mean it's great that yeah. it's great that Chad Kroger and Nick Hexum figured out that like that they that their voices were perfectly <laughs> complementary for each other. They really do have a, a nice duality. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm uh, just thinking now about the the Roman numeral three and how how it is just three elevens like like nine eleven. <laughs> three eleven is the is the version of nine eleven that we keep seeing that has the the third tower the third tower yeah <laughs> which like, i think we've established in the discourse um that's there there always was a third tower it's just that like like most photos of that part of like the downtown couldn't capture the third one because of like perspective yeah <laughs> it, the towers were set up at a right angle uh turns yeah. they were set up in an l shape <laughs> and so right so like no matter three, where you were standing you couldn't get all three yeah, so, like people don't have to realize there's there's three towers you know yeah um <laughs> the guy, it's actually funny because guy, like, inventing a guy who thinks that because there were seven buildings there's a huge conspiracy around that they all automatically look like the original two towers and there's a conspiracy <laughs> around hiding all the other buildings <laughs> there's just the world trades are just seven identical towers yeah <laughs> oh man which that would do if, if i would i would uh I would straight up, I would straight up nut uh, on on command if there were a, not to be crass, uh, but I, I, I would straight up nut on command if there were seven buildings that looked like that identically, because I already love the the you know God's favorite margarine sticks, the uh, World Trade Center. Uh, they fucking every time I pull out a pull out a couple sticks of imperial to put some on an english muffin i fucking uh i just think about how i miss how much i miss the 9-11 towers so it's a 9-11 tower i mean that's that's a new oh, this is turning out to be a normal episode where we're, we talk about names and then 9-11 cool <laughs> exactly uh, our two this. favorite things um no like the 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 fucking the newest piece of headcanon that I don't think has been discussed at length on this pod is that um, um, 9-11 didn't even happen on September 11th. It's called that because the buildings were called the 9-11 Towers. (laughs) (laughs) It actually happened in October of 2003, and that's why it was the ultimate October surprise, right? Yeah, right, right. That's what people call it the October surprise, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's how I came up. Yeah. It was the world. It also happened around the same time as the World Series, which is why people call it the World Series. And you know, as we've established, it was a series of events that happened to the World Trade Center, and it caused right. a, series, a series of events around the world. So that's uh, yeah, that's how, that's, that's how it goes. 
It's dialectical. It's dialectical, baby. <laughs> it's dialectical. Um, <laughs> just breaking the fourth Zizek wall. Um, now, here, this episode, I mean, immediately, it's a type of premise that we haven't really seen in a minute. Like, I would say that there hasn't really been much in this vein since Mail Order Bride, which was, you know, all the way back mm-hmm. in season one, I believe. Um, the <laughs> I really like the fact that they're building, they're starting to build continuity between the Space Kataz uh, cold opens because in this one the 50 million pieces arrive and yeah yeah <laughs> but then ignignog is so fucking is so machiavellian such a shysty fucker that he's true true, dupe, true machiavellian yeah i love him able to dupe the delivery guy out of out of uh out of him having to pay for them he's like and you are free to go leave the pie <laughs> it's just like, unbelievably sinister <laughs> Um, and I love how the, I just love how they were able to capture, I talk about this all the time, but I love how, how there were, there isn't anybody in the show who is truly conniving the way that Ignignot is. And I think it's great that in these latter episodes, they're able to, you know, through the, through the, you know, ever presence of the Moonanites, they were able to fold that back in. Because I think that that was something that, you know, in the Bathroom pilot, which we'll talk about eventually, um, probably as like the first episode when J.I. is back and the, the last episode we do about Aqua Teen, <laughs> realistically, and our dovetail into Space Ghost. Um, yeah. But um, the, the, that, the original Shake character, which was just the exact same character as Ignignog wound up, wound up being, um, is such a crucial, like, conniving and Machiavellian force that we just don't have the same version of uh, in Equilibrium yeah. in the Aqua Teen show. And so I think it's great. Um, yeah. Um, but the fucking, <laughs> I was just, the dialogue initially is so fucking, um, it's so fucking good. Yeah. My the hand, my hand, my hand, uh, what smells oh, so funny? Idiots. You farted. We've got a gas leak. <laughs> it makes, and it makes me, uh, think of the fact that like the time at which I watched the most Aquatine probably, um, was besides obviously doing this show was like in 08 09 when i was hanging out you know at, at that at at that one house uh that had uh, a gas leak named dave like the, the the pilot light on the stove was just out and uh nobody thought to fix it and so there was just a gas leak and we named it dave <laughs> not even that's not even a joke how long was this gas leak on for? Just a long time. Like three weeks. Jesus Christ. I love that like pilot lights just don't exist anymore because it's like uh stupid. Uh, the dumbest cool. fucking thing imaginable. Like, oh yeah. we have this, we have this allegedly like people tell people who tell me that the world is the world was was better. Um people who say that the world was better back in the day, like there's always some validity validity to a reactionary stance on culture because like there were certain things that were better. But the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is that we had shit like pilot lights. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and like, like that's, pilot lights, lead paint. Yeah, like. pilot lights, lead paint. Um, although it's funny because the, the apartment that I lived in from 2016 to 2018, the stove and oven still had a pilot light, but it was like, it was like a fucking 1970s stove. So yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the price yeah, you no, my last apartment had one as well like this one has like the modern thing with the, like it's like the electricity 
you know, it's like plugged into a outlet and yeah. that like generates the spark, which is cool. Oh, what you mean? You you mean to tell me that that um that in woke Brooklyn they don't uh they don't just <laughs> the government doesn't force you to pay a subscription fee for a for a fancy convection uh or a fancy induction stovetop? You mean to tell me that you skirted woke Brooklyn? <laughs> Crazy dude. <laughs> I know, man. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, they're trying to they're they're giving us this this fifteen minute city shit. They're trying to take our cars. They're trying to take our guns. They're trying to take our stoves. I heard and that I'm in, not gonna let that happen, man. <laughs> I heard that in Brooklyn, if you have a gas stove and and smoke cigars on a regular basis, the awoke soy jack comes to your comes to your front door. Uh, and assigns you, penalizes you by by giving you pronouns. That's what I heard about New York. I read <laughs> oh, it on man. I read it on Reddit.com. <laughs> so, wow, that's pretty wild. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, and, just I, like, and that's a lifestyle I'm here for. So anyway, to meet the soy <laughs> jack in real life, especially if he's woke, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the screaming screaming so jack face i'm into it um, the, um do you need to do a real quick sidebar shout out to the um all of the this is a crucial cultural moment that we're in right now because we're in the era of i feel like they've, they've already kind of hit their peak but the uh biden trump debate deep fakes um where they you know they're uh they you get to watch very convincing audio of uh of Biden and Trump debating about various things. And I think I loved all the, like the, the hardcore specific ones were really good, like debating about like straight edge and stuff. But then also the original, the first one that I saw was the, uh, them just like having a very memes driven conversation and, uh, like <laughs> true that like Trump, like that, who arguing over who was the Chad Wojak and who was the soy Wojak. <laughs> and at one point <laughs> Trump calls Biden, the 80 year old unfit ruler (laughs) (laughs) and it like Uh, it like pops up a fucking it like briefly pops up like one of those wojack doomer memes about it (laughs) i was just like fuck um it's really oh dude i have a i have a a theory for you that uh let's go all right so like the the you know, like a big part of the vibe shift has been widening of the clothes. And yes. like, I'm fucking wondering how much of that was influenced by how Trump wore his suits, just with like the absolutely untailored look, like the huge pants. And I'm like, I'm like I, um, I think it's, I think it's fucking a thing, man. I think that's a thing. Because like, nobody at that level of like prominence was like wearing clothes that wide. Bro, like, yes. Oh my God. I, 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 you're gonna, when I, I mean, and you're gonna see it when I come out there in May. Like, I have completely made the shift over to baggy clothes. Um, yes. because it's just like, it's, it looks so cool. And for the longest time, you couldn't fucking do it because you looked like you were missing child support payments. And that's like how people saw you if you fucking wore baggy clothes. But no, I, th- this is my, I'm more stoked than I've ever been now on, uh, the widening of the clothes uh, at the behest of the vibe shift because I'm choosing to believe as of this very moment that it's because of the way Trump wore his suits. 
<laughs> yeah, like I just like I saw a picture the other day and I was like, oh man, this has got to be re- this is partially responsible for the widening. Um, yeah, absolutely, and, and I, I I I agree with the widening. I think it's much more. Uh, I think what I like about it, I mean, I, I don't really wear, I'm wearing like relaxed fit jeans these days. Like I'm not, you know, clearly you can't wear like a, a skinny Dang anything anymore. Yeah, yeah, you, you look can. like a, a fucking moron. You um, look like you literally, but, if you wear, if you wear skinny jeans, uh, unless you're like a very, basically, unless you are like goth, uh, or unless you're a very specific type of like punk, if you wear skinny <laughs> jeans now, you look like an undercover cop. Like the only people who wear fucking skinny jeans now are grind set bros. Like if, if yeah, like yeah. somebody is wearing skinny jeans, I'm expecting them to fucking to walk up to me and try to show crypto to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I completely agree. Like, yeah, I, 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 I think that the, uh, like i think what's cool about it is yeah like the, the the swoopy vibes like i think that that's the right that's the right energy to take into like the next couple of years because we just need like relaxed swoopiness for a little bit coming yeah. out of like coming out of i mean it, it, it's fucking dialectical you know we couldn't relax okay. for two fucking years and now we can relax fit our jeans and that fucking yeah. rocks well and also i mean we spent we spent fucking we spent like a the better part of a decade, you know, letting a bunch of people who listen to stomp clap music and drink epic IPAs uh, fucking tell us that uh, tell us that the only way to look cool was cramming your nutsack into fucking uh, $200 raw Japanese selvage denim skinny style. Like it was like there was a point where like right. the only way to look cool was to fucking uh wear some red wings that had never been worked in and have you know your your cuffed fucking skinny selvage jeans that you had to you know clean with a put in the freezer and clean with a toothbrush uh and it's just like it's not that's not not and not only did that not look cool but like it's not fun and comfortable and like and i do feel like the thing the thematic one of the thematic elements of the 2010s like in, now that we've got a couple years of hindsight on it was like Oh, um, this vastly unfun cultural environment for what? Because we weren't actually producing anything good. Like, um, like I, and the twenty the twenty tens are going to go down in history as one of the most culturally anemic uh, decades of human history. <laughs> like, it was yeah. we, we were too we were too embroiled in like it's weird actually because it almost has like a. Uh, <clears throat> it's almost like we we got weirdly out of like a the good parts of post-materialism we almost like got so post-materialist that we forgot like we we forgot like what the actual up upsides of it were i don't know um also i feel like maybe this is this this would take an entire other tangent to unpack but i sort of feel like the uh good good cultural stuff happens in times of in times of strife and in peacetime culture tends to get really bland and stale and i sort of feel like we we had like a contiguous almost decade of like not a whole lot of super terrifying stuff happening in the macro like a lot of the stuff that happened was sclerotic but it was lower grade and so like now 
the macro is so grim and everybody is so fucking despondent that people are just kind of people are leaning into a sort of fuck it we ball mentality about um about the way that they dress and carry themselves and, and consume and i ultimately think that that's that's great um and, and I, yeah i think this works with the the the, the pods like position on like history between 2008 and 2014 which is that like essentially nothing happened or what was it what 2000 yeah maybe even like 2005 to like 2013 or 2014 like nothing fucking happened like nothing they're happened. just like it, it was literally like a modern dark age like yeah. I, I don't remember nothing fucking happened um and then no, like, nothing nothing yeah. happened and the things that did the things that were notable that happened are so bad like nothing good ha- like but the but the only things that the only things that happened were like the economy crashed and LMFAO were a band. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, when the when the when the, when the when the Smithsonian piece of culture out cultural output from a period is that Kevin Rudolph Lil Wayne song, like you know that that's like that's going to be the thing from that era that's in the Smithsonian. Like that's going to be the thing from that era that you would put in a time capsule is the Kevin Rudolph Lil Wayne song, like. Right um right. which um uh, the the boys on podcast about list uh were they were doing an episode where they were like they'd called it like pot about list idol where they they were like just watching videos of people performing uh songs and like just reviewing them american idol style and <laughs> there was somebody did a parody of that song you know because it's let it rock about obama about barack <laughs> And at one point, for the sake of the rhyme, they mention his famous grin. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And I, la- I laughed so hard I almost crashed my car. Like, un unfucking believable. Um, but uh, no, I, I I think that it's it's I'm I'm gonna choose to believe that that Trump is the reason the baggy pants are back. Baggy clothes. I think it makes a lot of makes a lot of fucking sense. Um, yeah, like yeah, the fucking look at that guy every day, and now it's like, cool man, let's just relax our pants a bit. And uh, I mean, I mean, Tr- Trump is the original Riz Lord. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I mean, say what you will about <laughs> the man, he has fucking Riz. So uh, you can't can't really uh, can't really argue with that an, an objective truth. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's that we're not we're not caving for Trump here. This is that we we obviously don't think Trump sucks. It'll get us fucking twisted here. Um, but but I mean, undeniably, undeniably uh, had both has both drip and riz. So um, the fucking natural gas premise is just always a good premise for an episode uh, in any context because not only does it make people crazy, but it causes explosions. And in a chaotic show yeah. like this, um, we're, we're we're gonna love that. We're gonna have a good time when that happens. Um, this close to landing a huge deal with Sprite, uh, very much uh, prototypical to the Eric Andre Sprite sponsorship bit, uh, which is good. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> plans just go into details that I don't need to know because they're all crap. I'm talking about vision that I have with my eyes. Um, Shake literally revealing himself as a complexity theorist uh, by saying that, by the way, because he's literally just describing uh, accents respond. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. 
I, I love that for I love that for Jake, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I, I mean, I, I also, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a, uh, a agile software practitioner. Yes. The good kind of actually agile. Um, yeah. Right. right, right. Um, I'm, I'm doing a weird, I'm specifically drinking limoncello LaCroix to try to conjure the headspace that I was in for check under the sea because I was always during that era drinking limoncello and I finally found it again in 12 packs. Um, the names of the I'm strip the, the tangerine and the 12 pack right now. That's it's fucking nice. It's fucked up that in this Brandon economy, we have to fucking look for, we have to hunt for fucking 12 packs of seltzer. Like it's, you know, like it's fucking gold. Like it's honey from the rock. Um, yeah. It's crazy. The names of the strip clubs are insane. By the way, Fun Bag Junction, Nipple Hut, Crash Town, Boobberg, and Wild Wild Chest. Um, Nipple Hut instantly made me think of what if there was, it would have to happen in one of the major cities where there's like a captive audience. And this, this admittedly, this does, this feels like something that could only, it could only happen in the acceptance of sex work cultural environment of 2023, but it could only happen with like the cultural sensibilities landscape of 2016. Like it, it could only happen with the hype economy of 2016. But what if there was like a pop-up restaurant called Nipple Hut, um, which was just a nineties pizza hut throwback um, with some jacked up prices where there's not even strippers, but there's, there is porn on the TVs. Mm. Wouldn't that mm. be that'd be interesting do the boob bird conjure the same thought like same concept as nipple hut but you know make it fucking make it a fucking <laughs> in and out or whataburger clone but I, I feel like this could be like a uh like a like a modern uh disney like epcot like like the the uh epcock uh yeah like world right? and then just, you just have like different themed uh like sex positive spaces uh have like fucking a, cool have a fun red light district where you have a bunch of restaurants that are like that have a different like you know porny theme like people would eat that up um if you throw money around and like to uh if you like if you if you like to fucking fund uh fund fun projects and if you're one of these, you know, restaurant industry hucksters who likes to, you know, put up tons of cash for opening restaurants uh, and doesn't and don't doesn't don't care if they fail, get at me, get at me. <laughs> I'm trying to ruin my life. Yeah. I'm trying to get fucking Ponzi schemed, bro. It's fuck it, we ball era. I'm trying to fucking I'm trying to I'm trying to fucking get financially ruined for a couple years of fun. Let's rock, um, <laughs> fucking no. Um, the <laughs> when <laughs> fucking Dusty Gazongo says I'm good at working, I spit my drink out. That's so fucking <laughs> funny. Um, and that was basically my approach to like my first couple jobs. <laughs> to yeah. be honest, I mean honestly, same. Um, except I was never good at working. At the end of the day, I was never good at working. Uh, <laughs> the here's the thing. This episode, we t- the thing that we keep coming back to, a thing we keep coming back to on the show is that we have very many episodes of this show that are perfectly prescient for the current day. 
And I'm going to be real. I don't know if we've seen an episode that's as prescient to the current day as this one is. And I'll explain why. Because even though Dusty Gazanga's um, ostensibly just cosplaying as a uh, skilled tradesperson for the bit, because that's the thing that you know strippers during this era did. They showed up to your house as a fire firewoman or a cop. Um, it's very 2023 thing because I think that one of the economic modalities of the 2020s that is emerging is uh, blue collar working class people who, who very legitimately supplement their income with sex work. I know mm-hmm. double digit numbers of those types of people already. Like mm-hmm. they're very much a thing. Um, yeah, it's like with like the like like the only fans only. Uh, yes. type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it makes exactly. a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Uh, it's I I think it's like I mean here's the thing is like the you know what the underemployment wage uh, wage shrinkage etc. Like so many people are being forced into side gigs um, to keep up with the you know not commensurately declining cost of living. One of the most lucrative uh, side gigs that you can do uh, is some form of sex work, and sex work is being, you know, is being facilitated by these platforms like OnlyFans. Uh, and I was thinking, I was like, oh, what if there were a fucking platform that was like a, a mix of like OnlyFans and TaskRabbit, <laughs> and you could like buy content from somebody, but then also like hire them to come over and fix your fucking plumbing. Like that would be hilarious. Um, it'd be pretty interesting, yeah. Um, but no, um, it's just completely impressive that they're able to navigate this amount of plot and narrative uh, in this short amount of time, right? Because like the episode already feels gassed at like minute seven. Um, I also yeah, I don't think they like take out. Yeah, they don't like explore any like real territory, and and, and then the ending is like very interesting. Like you know, the ranch people, where the fuck they are. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they talk like kind of like Meatwad, um, but um, I definitely think that like. It's really interesting that they they do make one really sort of time capsule style reference to like the the implication is that you know somebody's trying to make a sex tape. Um, mm-hmm. Sex tape culture is a thing of the past, right? Like this episode happened around the beginning of the sex tape zeitgeist with Paris Hilton and everything, and you know, well, the sex tape zeitgeist kind of held on for about a decade, I think, after this. But now I think you know nearly 20 years later we're in a very post sex tape age right because like everybody or at least a lot of people you mean like you post it you post your yeah, sex yeah, tape you post your sex tape, right? like, and that's what yeah. only fans is, is just posting sex tapes literally um but now like with everybody do you know a lot of people doing you know sex work because it's a you know something that has been somewhat legitimized and facilitated by the you know by the information economy um there's been sort of a decrease in the, you know, the, the bifurcation into heaven and hell of, uh, of your personality, right. Into like, you know, straight, you know, in the streets and in the sheets life and um, sex tapes just aren't the same level of scandalous as they were. And I mean, the sex tape era showed that the, one of the 
one of the easiest ways to, you know, light a fire under your career. If you're an ascendant, um, if you're an ascendant celebrity is a sex tape. Um, and I, to, to an extent, I think they've almost sort of lost their allure and novelty and they just not, they're not seen as a, as a effective accelerant device anymore. I mean, think about now, like think about what, what you have to do to get cheap heat on your career now. I mean, talk about like the, the Paul brothers being a really great example, right? It's like the Paul brothers are involved in the legitimate, uh, sports entertainment now, <laughs> like, like Jake Paul is a boxer and Logan Paul's a wrestler, like, and they, they they're the sort of, in my mind, the logical extreme of like what happens when you tell a whole generation of people that any attention is good attention. Oh, this yeah. thing, when that becomes very positively reinforced by society, it's like, well, okay, then people are just going to do the craziest shit possible. And you are going to just have this insanely shrill uh, economy of attention around anybody who resembles a celebrity and so the concept of celebrity is the sort of everything bagel where somebody who you know is a was a youtuber is now a boxer is now a wrestler is now a talk show host right like right and i think that um looking back at an episode like this that you know talks about sex tapes is a fun way to ultimately put a stethoscope on uh on that current moment <coughs> Yeah, it, it is funny, like what, like the the like ascendancy of like the like the mainstreaming of the streamer or something, because like it is like happening in in various ways, like you know, like like you can actually have like a very legitimate career just staying on YouTube, right? Um, yes, lots of people do. Yeah, uh, I mean, Emma Chamberlain made her fucking fortune on there, right? She got to, like, yeah, just doing all this other stuff because she can because of the money she made off fucking YouTube when she was eighteen, you know? Like, right. And like, like I, I honestly know like so little about YouTube culture, but like I know that like Mr. Beast is setting up like physical restaurants, yeah, uh, and like, and, and then also like uh, what do you call it? Like dark restaurants where you can you can you know like some restaurant yeah. somewhere builds the mr beast burger and you can order it on you know uh caviar or whatever um, yeah and he's also doing like a hell he's doing hell of philanthropy which is pretty cool too yeah 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 i think I, I i think that like if i had piles of money i'd probably doing be doing something similar uh because of joke yeah. life but um exactly which is you know a a uh joke life was just 15 years too early uh, joke life really was 15 on. years too early now we're in a full okay, let's 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 we can end on that right how we're in a full fucking joke life um <clears throat> i constantly think about all the stuff that our you know loosely amalgamated gang of dudes was doing in 2008 um and i think about how like the amount of with with the world way the world is today the amount of you know, sets of cultural rails uh, exist, uh, would exist for that kind of stuff. Like we really were 15 years ahead of time with that, with pretty much all the time. <clears throat> like I think about all the time about how like the the music that we used to make during that era would be like- Oh my God. I mean, yeah. if, we, if we did Lock Changer now, like, are you joking? <laughs> like, it, like Lock Changer would be like, if we, if we played our cards correctly, Lock Changer would be like a pitchfork band. It'd be like like pitchfork best new music territory. Um 
it's great like literally like his lock changer was just autistic fever ray right like and fucking fever ray just dropped a new record and it's like stuff yeah. like that's as popular as ever um that's actually good headcanon about about lock changer that i just pulled out of my ass as they were pretty much just autistic fever ray which is great I mean, it, it let me be be myself so that says it all yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> how great is that being part of musical projects that allow you to be yourself um, yeah man well this is uh this is great i'm gonna let you get about your day taking up uh, so much of your time um i know you've got an interview with another interview with uh with revolver uh yeah um <clears throat> excited yeah, to see the video that comes comes through that um get to see that'll be cool beavis and butthead your way through some riffs again as you were best at doing so thank you scotty in for joining us i'm gonna go listen to yes uh, whenever i think by the way whenever i think uh whenever i hear sod i know that it stands for stormtroopers of death but my brain wants to think it stands for system of down <laughs> so I'll leave you with that. Bye. Have a good Bye. one. Have fun at the show tonight. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. yeah I will. It's yeah, going to be a blast. Forward. I love it. Later.